Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. We are the arcade-loving, kitty-petting, beard-stroking Mother Hubbards. That's Woo! us. My name is Victor Marland, affectionately known as Vertvic, and I'm here with my co-host with the hostess trolley full of biscuits and hot drinks. Mr. Sean in your face, Holly! Hello. Hello there. That was a weird hello, wasn't it? It was a bit. Well, anyway, to you and all the listeners, welcome to episode 71 of the Ten Pence Arcade podcast 71 years old Vic. 71 years old the podcast is that makes us about 387 it does and as we usually do let's have a chat chew the fat <laughs> yeah right for one of the first things i've been, I've been doing lots of stuff and i'll probably forget most of it i'll try i'll try hard mm. sorting out a fizzing monitor <laughs> on the silver coin midi I got from the Kent raid the other week from the yes. lovely Phil Nes for life. Mm. I cleaned all the spider webs off of it. There's loads on there. Spiders. Mm. Uh, the image on the screen is way too big as well. It sticks out the sides. It's about an inch or so too big on the sides of it. Mm. And I found out that a capacitor at C38 on the board, on the chassis, controls this. And I expect the one in there isn't capaciting properly. Then you need Doc Brown's flux capacitor. Apparently, I need to get a 0.33 microfarad 200 volt one. It's quite a big cap. And this is according to the real Bob Roberts. Yeah. I never use a counterfeit Bob Roberts. I always use a real Bob Roberts. Right. He's famous for uh, supplying parts to arcade machines. He's got thousands of bits, and he knows everything about arcade machines. Mm. He's in America, and if you ever want to order anything from Bob, you have to do it in a bit of an odd way, because he won't take PayPal, and he won't take bank transfers. You have to send him American cash in an envelope. I've done it before, and he he is absolutely super duper. He's got so many really old, obscure parts, and and newer made parts, you know, new old stock, and all this sort of stuff. And he's absolutely brilliant. But it does it is a bit of a bind for people outside of the US to get stuff from him because you have to do it this weird way. But he is absolutely brilliant. And I got a free Bob Roberts pen once, which was awesome. Oh yeah, so it's the real Bob Roberts, the real Bob, not counterfeit Bob Roberts. Mm. Bob Roberts. Guess where I've been. Down Asda, getting biscuits. Apart from that, Arcade Club. Oh, was it good? Was it good? Yeah. Do you know, I seem to be going only once every two weeks now. Something's happened. Things keep cropping up. What, like Batcave? Yeah. So I need to go every week again. I'm going to have to sort that. Yeah, really nice time. Not not yesterday, but the previous Saturday. Loads of the locals. And we, had a, we were all playing Riding 2. And... He's not local. Yeah, it's local people. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Any new stuff there? Any new cabinets? There is. Which ones? There is. Oh, a couple of things. Cruising Exotica. Ooh, that one of the newer games. Well, newer, I say. It's from mid-2000s, isn't it? 90, oh, it's 90s, I think. Ooh. Or was it Cruising USA? I think it was Cruising Exotica. Oh, okay. Is that a sit-down? No, it was a, It was an upright, and actually the frame rate's a bit slower than I remember, but it's a decent game. Okay. 
It's about 30. It seems like, you know, when you play a, like a PS3 game and you can tell it's a little bit, it's not 60 frames a second. This was a similar kind of effect. Is it one of those games where you put your foot down and just steer around a track? Yes. I like those ones. They're simple. Yeah. It's like got an outward kind of sunny day kind of feel. Okay. Good game. Good game. Good game. Are you going to do that? <laughs> Had to do it. What else have you been doing? I've also been working on a bunch of my now not working cabs. Mm. I had a garage full of cabinets that worked, apart from one, which I've never worked on, the Jet Fighter, which has been relegated to the shed, unfortunately. And now I have lots of non-working cabs. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to sort out a 14-inch monitor for the Isis, Subelectro Isis cab, little jammer cab. And then you can have my old jammer cab. Yeah. I'll hopefully come up in November to see you. Right, awesome. Because uh, October's out. We've got loads of stuff on in October, unfortunately. I've been fiddling with a new pickup, which we'll talk about later on. I'm quite excited about. That's very good singing. I had to sing that then. I'm quite excited yeah. about this. But it's a, bit, a little bit minky, and it's going to be good, though. It is going to yeah. be good. And I've been looking about looking into stuff about the battle zone as well, trying to get some bits fixed on that. I've got to send a few things off for scanning and overlays making to the lovely Ollie Muddy Music. Mm. And also the new cabinet control panel, which we'll get onto later. Mm. Very, very nice. And just been today, I was just um, basically taking feet off things, off of cabs mm. that are all knackered. And, and basically, they call the Atari ones carpet rippers because that's all they do. They rip carpets to death. Ooh. And I'm actually going to make some nice nylon, smooth, slidey feet for it. Mm. And I'll probably make some for Mr. Milk, Milky, who mm. needed some. He showed me some the other day. He got some Teflon ones. I said, I can make them. He went, what? I went, yeah, I can make these. Oh, I had real, real trouble finding these. He said, can you make Imperial ones? I said, yeah, yeah, I can do Imperial or Metric, you know, whatever. I can get a length mm. of, of threaded stud in and just chop it off and, and screw it into nylon feet and make some feet for you. He's like, ooh. So I'll make him a set as well, I expect. Uh, yeah, and... Some bits and bobs have gone down. I think I told you my Asteroids PCB stopped working properly. Yeah. So I've given that to a lovely friend to have a look at for me. And I gave him some other bits and bobs to help with it. Uh, it's just all sorts of stuff have gone down and been a bit of a pain. You know? That's a shame. But I also fixed something as well. Did mm-hmm. I tell you my one of my scramble boards lost the sound on it? The sound started going weird and it sort of lost the sounds. I tell you about that? Mm, not sure. Might have forgot. Well, basically, it was, yeah, because we were talking about the AY3890 chip. Is it A90? Yeah, 08910. That's yeah. the one, that chip. And I said, oh, they're a bit of a pain. They keep breaking it. And one mm. of mine had actually gone down. But I ordered three new ones from China, I think, or somewhere on, on eBay. Popped yeah. a new one back in there. And it works lovely now. Oh, that's good. Yay, easy fix. <laughs> I like a yay, easy fix. Well, at least you're fixing stuff as well. That's yeah, good. well, sort of. My, my very, very limited capacity fixing stuff. I was helping Tronads last Sunday. I heard. I went round to his house. The Tronads Arcade, he's got six nice machines there. He's got six, has he? I thought you only yeah. had about two. I thought you just had some candies. He's got, yeah, candies. He's got a, one of those big Neo Geo cabs. Oh, yeah, there's six slots. The red ones mm-hmm. with the red, red sort of side art and stuff. And a smaller candy and Crystal Castle's original. Ooh, nice. And a Puck Man. I think he said it was a Bertolini or something. Is that the? Yes, they're Italian make. Yeah, yeah. They, they did a lot of Nam. They did a lot of Namco stuff. They did like mm. uh, their own version of Galaxian. Really nice artwork on it, actually. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're decent cabs. Very decent, I think. I think the, mm. the cabinets are exactly the same design as a Namco one or a Midway, mm-hmm. but they just made them for the European market. I think they were actually licensed, so they were pucker. 
He's got this little candy cab. I can't remember what it's... And he's got a, it's only got a 20-inch vertical screen. Yeah. I think it's called a Big City. Does that ring a bell with you? Yeah, I yeah. They're little Chinese yeah. sort of clone cabs of another one. They're decent, yeah. though. Yeah, it's really good to play. It's got Galaxian board in it, and it's ah, right. perfect. Perfect for that game. Yeah, they're nice little cabs. There's, some mm. of the clone cabs aren't as bad as you think. They're quite nice little cabs, actually. Mm. They're, they're almost one-to-one identical copies of, of another one. Mm. So that's pretty good. Oh, he's got a little Dino King as well that he's working on. Oh, nice. But we got Groovy Man working in his Blast City. Say it properly. Groovy Man. Tronads did, really. I just talked a lot. Oh, okay. I said, just put all the settings to zero. Put that to one, triple buffer, you know that lot. And yeah. something actually works, so we've got it going. Well, I've been, I knew about this. I've been onto him on, on Twitter about it, saying, oh, can you send me your settings page? Because I've had a few problems with, with Groovy Man. On the whole, it's quite clever. It does the exact frame rates and exact resolutions or, or very similar to the original cabs. So they look almost exactly the same. They're the same, just very similar. It's probably the best way of getting uh, a main game running like a proper PCB. It's mm. probably the best thing you can do. And some of the games on my cab, I said to him, oh, if you get all the resolutions okay, because some of my games are coming out that they look like I've got a square resolution rather than you know, a vertical game. Like a four yeah. three, and he said, "Oh no, which ones are they?" And I sent a, a, an, an example of one, and he said, "No, I don't get that. I get it right." He said, and then later on, he said, "Hang on a minute, I've got a few problems with some games. Let me try and find out what's going on." So he has had a few problems as well. I think Groovy Mame is a bit of a pain to set up, but once it's set up, it's brilliant. Yeah, some of the games are running at exactly fifty percent speed, but he did iron oh, it out fifty percent. Wow. Yeah. Because one one or two I could get running. One one or two. I mean, I was playing Kung Fu Master on there. And it was running at like 98%. I could really tell the difference. It was just being really weird, and the sound sounded all weird. And when you stopped the game and looked at the, the sort of stats afterwards on ma- on command line of MAMES, it shows you what's happened. Mm. It was saying it was running less than 100. And I was like, hold on, that's not right. If it's not running on 100%, you will notice differences, even a little bit of difference. Mm. So I think I ironed that one out, though. But yeah, it's a bit of a pain. I wish I'd not bothered messing around with it, really, because my MAME setup was absolutely perfect. Even though mm. maybe some of the refreshes weren't right and some of the reses were a little bit different, it worked really nicely and everything filled the screen. But now some of the games are off to one side or they're up in the air a little bit or they chopped a bit off and it's a bit of a pain, really. Hmm. Hmm. Never mind. I'll tell you what else Tronads has got I was impressed with an arcade SD board in mm. a Goliath. They are very, very good emulation, but they're quite pricey. They are, yeah. That's but there's the a lot of games them. on them. I think and that is the only thing wrong with them. They're just a bit too pricey. Mm, I think they, yeah, I think it's a couple of hundred quid, isn't it? 250 Yeah, and they keep maybe. adding games to it every now and again. I think when they add games, you just put the ROMs in yourself, and that's it, you don't need to do anything else. Or there's an upgrade file or something. Mm. But I think the upgrades are free. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's... They're pretty good. Though. I've played them, and they're very, very good. And the front end's quite nice as well. It's quite a simple front end. Mm. Nice. Also, last night I went to the Batcave only for a couple of hours, and then, then I went to a surprise 50th birthday party. Ooh. But at, at the Batcave, Lewis had set up Darius Burst. I think it's EX on the PS4. Oh, cool. On a proper long projector. Ooh. Actually, it was a laser projector. and it's in essence, a sophisticated heat beam, which we called a laser. And the, it was pin sharp, the picture. Oh, nice. And if, if you put your hand in front of the projection, so you just see the silhouette on the screen, you could actually see the hairs on your arm. It was that Wow, sharp. HD then, I suppose, and all that yeah. business. So that, I that sounds quite fun, actually. That's great. It's a good game. 
That game, I think I've got that on the PSP or Vita. One of the two. Because I remember years ago, someone had it on the PSP and they, they managed to get audio and video and the controls into a cabinet from the PSP. And it, they could play the game on the screen. Wow. Because that was the only way you could you could play that game unless you bought one of the massive cabinets or, or an X, Taito X2, is it, I think, that it runs on? I can't remember. But then you need the two screens to play it, obviously, and it's been really difficult to set up without the actual machine. Mm, you, had a, cool. you had a PS4 bullet hell on there as well. And also running on, on a Japanese Saturn Gekirinden, the bullet hell Gekirinden. I had that. I had that on its uh, Taito F3 hardware. It's a great big red cartridge that goes on the motherboard. And I swapped mm. it with someone for Gunbird. Oh. Gunbird. Gunbirdo. Have you given that to Mr. Ross Ross yet? No, I'm going to keep it. No, he's paid me for it. Give it to him. It doesn't matter. We'll come to some agreement. <laughs> with sweets. I'll go underground. Go You'll underground. never find me. He knows where you live. So oh, it doesn't matter. Does all right. Yeah, as soon as I see him, I'll uh, pass it over to him. I've actually got some paperwork for that. I think I've got some, some dip switch settings and maybe some little bit of artwork. I'll send it to him when I get him his address. Mm. I forgot. I found it the other day in the arcade. So you'll be having that, Ross, Ross, Ross. Yes, Ross, Ross, Ross. Have yeah, that, yeah. you. <laughs> you know you just done about PSPs? Yes. Well, I had a go for the first time last night of a PSP Go. You know, the one that, like, slides. Little tiddlers. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't that sturdy to be honest it felt a bit flimsy i to don't me. like things that move around sliding things because they're going to break one day aren't they it just felt it didn't feel sturdy i'll you tell you what they are i've got a normal psp i bought off someone on uk back for about 40 pounds and it was already fixed in inverted commas to play homebrew and and copied games and brew and you know all that sort of weird stuff mm. and you can actually play playstation one games on it Ooh. And I like some PlayStation 1 games, so I, I popped a few of them on there, and they're absolutely brilliant to play on the bus or on the tube or whatever. Yeah. They're worthwhile getting. They're only about £40 second-hand. They're, they're quite cheap nowadays, and they're brilliant. But the actual bit in the back where you put the, the little disc, the weird mini-discs they played, yeah, awful. Never even bothered with it. UMD, is it? Yeah, I, they look like they're going to break quite easily because the flap at the back doesn't look very sturdy, so I just keep it shut. Mm. Gaffer tape it up so it never work. Keep it shut, mate. Keep it shut, you. You toilet. <laughs> right. What's next, Victor? Arcade news. So, we knew secrets about this, and now it's out in the open. We can tell everyone. Yeah. Alex, our Alex, Chucky Egg, and Muddy Music, Ollie, and Whitney from the Broken Token podcast mm. have been up to summit. Been up to something. <laughs> and... I knew this because I'm down with the cool Nintendo kids, and so did you, I think. Yes, Alex told me it. Well, I'll give everyone this, www.skyskipperproject.com. Mm. This is a project to save an almost lost game, which Alex and I covered way back on an early episode of this very podcast. Mm. I think he beat me on that as well, because he's quite good at it. Uh, it's quite a fun game, and the actual cabinet looks lovely. It does. Well, Alex had been going on about this for ages because he was intrigued about the game because it never really got a, a proper release but there was a flyer with a table game an upright and a cabaret and it was in black and white so nobody knew what the actual game looked like and a little, ages ago one of the there's a little raid going on in newcastle i think alex actually found a skyskipper pcb and it had been converted it was a table 
PCB, so it was a smaller PCB with a stack of, of boards, and it had been converted to Popeye. And someone he knows who's very clever, without any schematics or any help, managed to reverse engineer it and get it working back as Skyskipper. Mm. And these guys are going to put some cabinets together with the original art and have the actual machine. So good luck to them. They've got a, a lot of uh, work ahead of them. And I think it's going to be absolutely brilliant. I can't wait to see it working. I've played Skyskipper and it's ace. It's a good mm, game. Brilliant. It's fun. Yeah, it's a great project, that. Mm, it's going to be good, I think. The, the actual uh, website is really nicely done. I think Ollie might have done that because he's a bit of a gra- graphic artist. Actually, mm. he's a lot of a graphic artist. He does it for a living. Yeah, he's a clever lad. Clever lad is a that lo- lad. A lot of a graphic artist. That's what he is. <laughs> right, we've got two new arcades here. New arcade news. Excellent news. First one, Tom's Arcade in Hales Owen is just open. Tom, 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 Tom. I read it as Turns Arcade, thinking it was Craig Turner. And he was at Arcade Club last week. He said, no, you idiot, it's Tom's Arcade. But he he has has lent him a couple of cabs to get going, I think. Nice. I've looked at it on the Facebook page, which we'll put in the uh, show notes for everyone to look at. Mm. Looks pretty good. Yeah, he recommends that we go along and see that. It's in Hales Owen in the West Midlands, or North Midlands, or South Midlands. Where's Hales Owen? I don't know. It's in the Midlands, in the middle somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> when he talk like this. You can't get angry with someone who talks like that, can you? It's a great accent. That it's a it. good accent. I like it a lot. At the minute, it's a pay-to-play job, so it's not pay on the door and everything free play. Mm-hmm. Pound pound coins you put in the old classics, but you do get four or five credits. Oh, that's so pretty cool. I like that. That's worth it, in my opinion. So they're getting a quid, which is nice for them, and you're getting four or five goes. Mm. Brilliant. That's really nice, actually. That's a good idea. Better than just 10, 20p's. It's yep. a bit of a pain for them to clear them all out and get them changed and stuff, I suppose. But pound coins, mm. but easier. Excellent. If, if all goes well, he's due, the guy's due to expand the arcade at the end of November, so it could be Ooh. worth us going down maybe late November, early December, having a look. I think we should. You have to go up, I have to go down. Indeed. That'd be quite good. The other, one, the other one I found the other day, someone came round for a Chase HQ marquee I was giving away. Because I, I was giving them a while back, I think from Alex. And I didn't need it, and I, it was in the way, and it's quite good condition. So I put on the forum, anyone who's got a machine can have this. And Dave Lightbulb said, oh, I've got a machine. Can I have it, please? Yep, no problem. He lives down the road. So he came round, and he had a look in the arcade. He was quite intrigued to have a look at my uh, wall mounts, and he had a quick play. He liked them. And he said, oh, if you've heard about the, the two-bit. I went, what? So in Camden, there's a, there's a bar. It's a Brewdog Bar, which is a Scottish brewery. It sells expensive beer. And he said, oh, it's called a two-bit. And I'd look on the Facebook page. And um, it is a Brewdog site, a, brew, a Brewdog brewery pub. They have three pinballs, a Daytona upright, a jammer cab playing pinball action. But it's probably a 60-in-1, I expect, just on the track mode. And also yeah. a Galaxian cab in there. Right. Uh, so it's quite nice. We should go for a swift half in there next time you come down. I think we should do. Camden's a fun place in the evening to go. It's, it's good luck. Mm. It's a good good pubs down there and stuff. So that's nice. Good luck to them on that as well. And I know you've mentioned this one before, the Four Thieves pub that you've been, haven't you? I have been. Yeah, I went with Ben and Kerry, Mr. Mm. and Mrs. Vip. And there's a review from our friend Retro Mash, who we met at Revival. We did indeed, yeah. I think you like that. Is he actually in London? I'm not sure. If he is, I'll have to meet up with one day and have a have a look round there again. And it's a, a blog post he's put, I think it's on his blog, I found the best gaming pub in the world, and he's put a nice review of the place, and it looks really nice, actually. It is a very, very large place. Mm. They've got a 10-player 
radio controlled car track in there where you sit behind like a, a steering wheel and you've got like a sort of a racing harness on and stuff. And you can actually it's, play yeah. ten player in there, and it's and they've got a projector on the wall playing sixteen one or or some sort of multi board. Because yeah. I actually played Scramble on there, and I completed it on the wall Ooh. on like a twenty foot projector. It's great. Big crowd watching. No, no one cares oh. except me. Oh, uh, there was there's a few jammer cabs there. I think there's some racing cabs. There's some shooty games as well. It's a good laugh, and you can eat there as well, and you can have parties. It's quite good. Mm. Put a link it. in the show notes because there's a good review of it there from Mr. Retro Mash. Yep, if you're around Clapham, Clapham, go there. Clapham. Da, 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 da. Craig Turner, mm-hmm. Space Invaders, recording studio story I've written here. Do tell. This is a great little story. He's, he's picked up this almost pristine Space Invaders cab. Oh, okay. No nice. PCB in it, missing a tiny bit of the artwork, which I think he's going to get sorted. Mm-hmm. But this is the story, right? It's, I said, how did you come by it? I was talking to him last Saturday. It's from a random post on UKVAC that everyone was a bit wary of from the sketchy photos and lack of information. I didn't see this. Did you see this? I think I did. It's ringing a bell. Mm. <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> clever. You got the bell. It was listed by an electrician acquaintance of the seller who was doing some work at the studio, a recording studio, dur- during a clear out of it. And he convinced him to sell it instead of scrapping it. I got the owner's details and he put me off unit a couple of times. So I was a bit doubtful, he said. Mm. But I pushed and finally got into view it with my brother. We got there early and sneaked a peek into the only window tucked away around the back to see a room full of mess and boxes of what looked like real-to-real 80s relics. When we got in, the place was a mess. Cabinet was moved into a tiny room covered with dust and buried behind band equipment. I saw the backdrop box resting on on top, door propped at the side, and stuck my phone inside the coin door to get a feel of it. I could see it was mostly complete except for the game PCB in the main backdrop. It was filthy and looked a bit crappy, but on licking my finger and wiping the side, a suspiciously powdery white coating... Uh-oh. recording studio it mm. did show nice clean art underneath i was satisfied it was in good condition under the dirt while i was looking at all while i was looking at it all my brother asked about its background and the owner gave us a full background but it's just been played by these people that would stop off at this recording studio famous bands in the oh, 80s right. cool. so, so all these reel-to-reels they've found yeah they have i think they've given them to somebody to for to look at and for preservation Oh, and like famous okay. 80s bands have made like unreleased tracks there and rare recordings. So there could be some gold in there, you know. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Mm. Oh, I'll have to get on to uh, Craig to tell us what's going on with that in the future. Mm. Excellent. It's a good little story, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually. It's quite, I like stuff like that. Mm. And you find these little cabs just in little sneaky hiding places. Where's, why, why is that there? And you find mm. out, ooh. Actually, just reminding me of something. I sold a jammer cab with, uh, I think, a MAME system in it to someone in a recording studio. Mm-hmm. And about a year ago, it stopped working for some reason. I think something happened with the PC inside. I had to reset it for him. And it was actually in the recording studio because they moved it from his house to the recording studio. And I think people who go to record there play it on their spare time. That's good. It's very good. Mm. And I heard a famous name mentioned when he was on the phone to someone, which I won't say about. Ha ha ha. Ah. What else has been happening in the news? There's some more news. There's quite a bit more news. Oh. Atari's Breakout is returning to arcades as a <gasps> redemption <gasps> game. <sighs> Vid- video redemption, which means you get tickets, and <sighs> with 500 tickets, you can buy some beans, baked beans. Yeah, some happy shopper beans. 65-inch vertical screen. It's Breakout with added power-ups. 
But breakouts back, kids. Mm, I wish they didn't do it as a redemption rubbish. Mm. Could they've not done some other sort of gimmick, like a you know a ten player one or something silly like that, or you know a really massive machine or something silly like that? Some mm. other gimmick to get people to play. But redemption just. Meh. It would work as for kids, wouldn't it? Because you've just basically got a paddle. Yeah. They've got to be dead simple, them redemption games, haven't they? Because remember a little while ago, someone made a pong that was actually a physical pong on a table, and you actually moved yeah. stuff about, and it moved lights around with motors and stuff. They could have mm. used that idea for Breaker. That would have been brilliant. Mm. Well, I yeah. don't know. Right. The first... I'm never going to say this word again. Gallagher. Gallagher. The first Galaxian sequel, as I'm now calling it, yeah. turned 35 years old last week. That's spooky. Galaxian 2, we'll call it. Yeah, Galaxian 2 turned 35 years old last week. Oh, right. It's old as that. Wow. Yeah, it's old as the hills. It's, yeah, and we're older than hills. If hills have, like, an age. This is exciting. Yes. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why I've written this. More than 3,500 <laughs> cabinets have been updated with the Golden T 2017 downloaded content. Multiplayer online competition. It's all different from back in our day. <gasps> wow. I yep. cannot get excited about golf. I thought you'd written that. Is that right? how you say it? Golf. Oh, golf. It fascinates me that this game is still popular, but I know why now because it's multiplayer online. You can play with anyone all over the world. Leaderboards. It's a pub game. That's what let it me, is. Let me ask you this one question. Yeah. Have you ever seen anyone playing Golden Tea? Do you know? Probably not. No. I'll take that with your silence and you're you're looking towards the sky. Then as no, I've never seen anyone. I've seen golden teas. They used yeah. to have one in the pub in Kingston, the metal pub in Kingston, and I never saw anyone playing it ever. The same company that does golden tea does silver strike bowling. No, oh, yeah, that's quite a fun game though. And RGP has one of them, and that gets a lot of play actually. At yeah, the... that, that is a more fun game, but I think golf yeah. is a bit. Um... How do I sit without saying a swear word? For a certain type of person, golf. Mm. 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 I have fun memories of playing, I think it was one of the PGA Tour golfs in the early 90s. Leaderboard golf by US Gold on the Atari. It came with a little it... plug-in dongle on the side of the machine. Mm. So. Got well into it for some reason. Back in Podcast 69, mm-hmm. we linked to a teaser footage for an unfinished documentary about collective coin-up video games. I knew about this a while ago, and it's just sort of got forgotten about. According to Mr. Dan of Smashington... Mm-hmm. That documentary did get made, and we'll put the sh- link in the show notes for it. Yeah, thespaceinvaders.org. Didn't get a lot of advertising, because I never knew about it. No. Hmm. Guess what? Uh, no, great, I don't. Great no. news for you, Vic. A bullet hell, Battle Gorega is getting mm. a 20th anniversary PlayStation 4 re-release. You're going to love it. There's two problems. You don't like them games, and you haven't got a PS4. Yes. Apart I'm sorted that, then, aren't I? Apart from that, sorted. Battle Garage. <laughs> Battle Garage. Well, hopefully it won't be too expensive if it's an old arcade game being revamped and it's on the PS4. Hopefully it'll be a, a budget price so everyone can get it and everyone get mm. into playing it and play proper arcade games. Yes. Yes. I like this. Mini Arcade Machine Madness Part 3. Mm. This is something on BigBadToyStore.com. Enlighten me. They are. They're really cute, actually. They're, They're tiny, 12th. aren't they? One twelfth scale Namco arcade machines. And this is the Namco versions of the Bally Midway. So you've got the Namco version of Puck Man, the Namco version of Rally X, Galaxian, Galaga maybe, yeah. Bosconian, is that the lot? Or have I missed one? 
I tell you what's very weird. What's that? You get you get Tank Battalion. Tank Battalion. Yeah. Yep. You get Galaxian Two. Galaxian Two. Yeah, that one. Pac Man Rally and Tank Battalion. That's I just don't get tank. I know the artwork looks really nice on it, but well, the ooh. game's quite fun. I like playing that on the I know Sony it's on the 16 one. It's good but fun. It's nowhere near as famous as the other ones. No, it's maybe it was one of those strange. ones that got forgotten about, but it did come out as a Namco cabinet in Japan. Mm. I don't know if they midway brought it out in the US. I don't know. Never seen it. But yeah, I, I prefer the Namco artwork to the midway stuff, and they look mm. nicer, but they're little tiny ones to put on top of your real cab. Yeah, they're so cute, and for 33 of your Earth dollars, you can have one. And also, it also reminded me of something I saw on the UK VAC forums recently. And there was a post on there in the main section. Everyone should go and look. Pause the podcast, go and have a look at it. About a guy called Russ who made a Weenix cabinet. Yeah. A Weenie Phoenix Weenix. Mm. It's beautiful. He's done such a good job on it. A- absolute kudos to this guy. I mean, I like doing woodwork and metalwork and all that sort of building stuff. This guy... Really good job. It's a 90 centimetre tall Phoenix cabinet. Mm, 90 it is, oh. It's really, really nice. It's got a 10-inch CRT monitor in there, an old TV. That's all custom artwork, which has been scaled down from the Century version of Phoenix. Yeah. It's the one with the buttons. And mm. he's running it with a Raspberry Pi playing that one game. So it loads up really quick. And it's just beautiful. It's a really nice cab. And he did it out of plywood. And the sides, he'd stained the sides slightly darker and varnish them. And it looks just like the old Melamine from an old cab, you know, an old wood-sided cab. Really nice. Mm. And if I don't find another sub-electro ISIS to make as my horizontal mini cab, I'm going to make one in the future. But I've got oh, to yeah. finish my project. Yeah, and I'm going to do it out of ply like this guy did. He's really inspired me to do a really nice wooden-sided cabinet. Absolutely mm. brilliant work. Everyone's going to look at it. It's really, really nice. Really nice. Hmm. Just a reminder, if you don't know, kids, next weekend, as we record this, it will be the October the 8th and 9th, I think. Mm-hmm. Play Expo Manchester takes place. It's a two-day event. It's the biggest retro event in terms of size in the calendar. Where's that? It's in Manchester. Oh, yeah. <laughs> event City, Manchester. Yes, it's a big one, isn't it? Mm, I'll be there. Modern, retro, cosplay, all that sort of gear. There's a lot to it, actually. Yeah, that you've got co- you even got like card games and stuff like that, and mm. them, them trading card games. Mm. Magic the Gathering. Do you know how complicated that game is? Very. Is you it like the Cones of Dunshire? You need a PhD to, to play it. Yeah, that sort of thing. I've, I've never. But there's a big following, so good luck for them. Mm. Yes, hope they have fun. It's it's apparently one of the original card games, and it's still going strong. If you can't get to Manchester, mm. you could also go to Steve's Meet. This is a UK VAC thing. If you've been invited, it's a 30-person thing, I think, because last time we had a few too many people there. But it was a mm. right laugh, wasn't it? It was great, yeah. We were there. Uh, I can't make it. I can't make either of these events because it's my wedding anniversary weekend celebrations. And we always do oh. something. We've got a load of stuff on. Oh, what have we got? We've got films for the film festival, the BFI... I think we're going to eat at the... Ooh, somewhere posh. I can't remember where it is now. Somewhere in London. It's nice. Um, we've got all sorts of bits of bobs on it. It's going to be a nice weekend. So, um, unfortunately, yeah. no arcading for me. It's oh, all dear. about wife that weekend. Oh, that's nice. Could be good. Can't wait. Mm. That concludes the news for this week, kiddies. And let's get on to... Arcade pickups. Shall I tell you about my exciting one that I was going to tell you about earlier? I told you last yeah. week. Yeah, you've got a tattoo, haven't you? Yes. Tattoo. No, uh, that, was, that wasn't my arm. You tricked me there. I did. I've got a centipede cabaret. Yes. 
I have got a centipede cabaret. Uh, mm. It was delivered by the marvellous Red Wing Courier Company. Ooh, They're a new company that. I've used before, and they were on the Aberdeen clearance, the, the Peter Davis Invade Iron clearance a few mm. months ago. And they are very, very good. Never used them before. Steve mm. swears by them. And I found it to be very good. I told them to, I said, I phoned them up and said, can you pick it up, please? It's very, very cheap, very good deal. I think they charge a bit more for bigger cabs and stuff, but they specialise in moving fruit machines and betting machines all around the country for proper companies. And they also do some arcade stuff as well. And they were very, very good. And they delivered in a few days. They're based in the Midlands. And they went up to somewhere up north to pick it up from, I can't remember where it was, and brought it to me within about three days when they actually picked it up. They they wrapped it for me. They delivered Mm -hmm. it. It was absolutely brilliant. I'm really pleased with them. I can uh, really recommend them. Excellent. The cab is a little bit worn, but beggars like me, me cannot be choosers. And I'm still quite happy with it. Actually, for the price I paid, I'm very happy with it. The monitor had horizontal collapse, so it's a very, very thin picture down the middle. But you could see yeah. stuff moving around. You could hear it playing when you press the buttons and stuff. But I also had a Geo 7 monitor chassis spare from my one of my old cabs. So I popped it straight in there, got a full picture. But there is graphical corruptions with the centipedes, unfortunately. Mm. So the lovely Phil Murray is fixing my spare centipede I bought a little while ago. And he might have to do another one for me, so I've got a spare. But yeah, it was playing okay. The trackball works. It's a bit minky. The trackball's a bit dirty and a bit clunky. It needs some new rollers inside, which I can probably make myself. And the actual ball is in some bleachy water now, getting all nice and white again, I hope. I'll look at that in a minute before I dissolve it. Mm. So yeah, it works. The, the control panel's a bit knackered. It needs a new overlay, which I'm going to send the whole control panel to Muddy Music to scan and reproduce for me and print out. Mm-hmm. And the glass, which is one of the most important parts of it, is intact and not very many scratches on it. It looks quite nice. Need some new tea moulding. Need a good clean. Need some paint on the on the coin doors and stuff. Other than that, I'm well pleased. I've got a centipede cabaret. How cool is that? It's very cool. You? Yes. And not to come round and put your name on it. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean on the side of it. I mean in the high scores. That's mm. not going to be allowed, young man. Charlie Farr's at 267,000 now at Arcade Club. Oh, my Lord. You know you've mentioned the word minky twice now. Yeah, I think in America they use the word jinky. Minky means a bit dirty and sticky. Do you want a silly story about the word minky? I know they used it in Inspector Clouseau in The Pink Panther. Then the monkey's bracking the low. I used to work in a kitchen factory, right? Yeah. And when anything got delivered to us... I used to sign everything, because I was in Goods Inn, everything, anything that got delivered, I used to sign it, Minky the Doom Goat, right? <laughs> that's, what, that's what I used to put on, and I did it for months, just signed it, Minky the Doom Goat, these electronic things also. Yeah, and you got and sacked. I, and I got a call from the finance director. <laughs> and he says, can you come up to my office, please? I said, oh, no, what have I done wrong? So I went up, and he says, I've got 27 invoices here from a strange... <laughs> strange person called minky the doom goat would you know anything about that i said uh yes steve sorry that was me i was mucking around it won't happen again and he was laughing he thought it was funny (laughs) so so after that i had to sign sean holly and said a minky the doom goat but (laughs) minky the doom goat was my ps3 name for quite a while ah Mm. you idiot it's a good story that 
Anyway, back to the centipede. Uh, I'm just waiting to get bits sorted out for it now. It'll be sorted very soon. And I was cleaning it early and taking the feet off. and make some nice new feet for it. Because the carpet rippers, the Atari carpet rippers, as they are so affectionately known, mm. rip carpets. Because yeah. the actual feet they're on, they sit on little cups. And eventually the cups wear through because they're only thin metal. And they end up with sharp bits out the bottom and they just rip carpets to shreds. So that I'm going makes- to make some nice nylon ones for it. Mm. Uh, and there was a shocking amount of mushroom burn on that screen. I saw that. Yeah, you showed me a picture. It's, didn't you? it's terrible, but I'm going to leave it. It's it's what the broken token guys guys like to say, patina. <laughs> it has a certain amount of patina. There ain't no burn like a mushroom burn. Absolutely, as, as we hear very often, or not at all. Yeah. Mm. Guess what I've got? Well, I haven't. I haven't heard it. But you've read it. Yeah. A new arcade chair. It's a non-squeaky one, so I'd have I'm to edit out all them stupid squeaks you keep making. I'm moving it left and right now, and there's no squeaks. Oh, that's amazing. Yep, I got it from a, an arcade chair shop. Oh, yeah, IKEA. Ar- arcade chair, uh, I think it was some place in town. Oh, nice. But if they were called arcadechairs.com, it would have been a great story, another great story. Arcadechairs.com We made the chairs you sit on to play the games. You went a bit far then. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so that's that's one of my three pickups. Oh wow! I've bought some little parts to do a refurb on my Battlezone monitor because it needs a full refresh. That monitor it needs caps and mm. transistors and such. Just press F five. That won't work. Refresh. No. As I said earlier, three AY three eighty nine ten sound chips, and one of them I use already to fix my scramble sound. Yeah, excellent. That's good. It's in there, and it's in the cab being played. Oh, oh! I was doing this earlier. I had to clear it away to get my laptop on this book on this table to to talk to you. A Vic Twenty switchable RAM expansion from Dorktronic in America. Dorktronic, that's a great name. name. If you've got a Vic Twenty, you need an expansion pack. This is the one to get. It's a modern made thing, and you can expand three, eight, sixteen, and thirty-two k of power. Too much k. Well, as well as the three and a half k you've got in there, you end up with thirty-five and a half k. Ooh, that is mad. very nice. So now I can play the full range of Vic Twenty games because the different memory games you couldn't play. So you couldn't play an eight K game on a sixteen K. Oh, so you had to switch them about to play the different games. I've got a little directory on my my uh, SD card thingy as well for it. So mm. it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It's a really nice little piece of uh, equipment. Got a little reset mm. button on it and little switches to change your your memory around. It's absolutely brilliant. Really pleased with that. Excellent. Oh, I also got a Galaxian multi game again. The lovely Phil Murray came round in the week, to deliver it, because he'd fixed a few problems with it. Guess what? Wow. Damn thing still doesn't work. Oh. Some of the games on there work lovely, and the, the colours are all right now, but some games just don't work and keep crashing. Bugger. I'm not sure what's wrong with it, but it's a bit of a pain in the bum. There's a game on there called Pisces. There is. Which I like. I think good. it's quite good. It's good it, can, it can be quite unfair, because they sort of dive bum you, but I do like that game. I like it more than Mooncrester. No. Yeah, I do. But, on that board, at least my frog on Frogger isn't red anymore. Yeah. He's a nice green froggy now. Oh, that's good. How dare you, sir! In this house, we do not use the F word. <laughs> what else have you been buying? I have got... This isn't two non-arcade pickups, but I've got to mention them. Go on. A new album from my favourite group, Yellow. If you've ever heard of them, a Swiss duo. I have. Uh, they did the... Mm-bom, bom. Yeah, that's for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's a very famous, excellent film. Bueller, 
Bueller. Bueller. Yeah, they've done lots of lots of stuff. Been going since 1980, and I think I've got everything they've ever done. And I, I just love them. Yeah, new Yellow album. I got it on Friday. It's now Sunday. I've listened to it about nine times. It's very, very good. Do you know what? I was listening to Radio 6 Music Live on the way home on me, in my car, and I heard the new song. Limbo. Yeah, um, it's all right. Yeah. I'm not mad about the band, but they're pretty good. It's They so were local. very influential electronic music pioneers. People forget them. They yeah. remember like Kraftwerk and Depeche Mode, but Yellow were there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've heard a few of their albums. There's a lot of instrumental stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. then and there's Dieter Mayer singing like a nutter. He's a complete nutter, but he's brilliant. Mm, cool. And my final pickup, it's a new food addiction. Oh, yeah. I needed to get over custard cream. How so very Euro of you. I've got this. Oh, that looks like a frangipan. It's a frang- is it a pan or pain? Frangipan. Frangipane. Oh, my frangies. Oh. Aldi's, don't go Asda. Aldi's frangipans. I just had to send wife out for another 12. <laughs> <laughs> She's gone as well. She's got them. I love my wife. Nice yeah, one. so I got some. I'm addicted to frangipans. She's your biscuit feeder. Talking yeah. of feeding, yes. Hey, look at that for a really spiritless link. <laughs> Listener feedback. Right, this is from Benson Rad. Not heard from him for a little while. Listen number four. Mm. Blimey, I'm so far behind with these. He raced through 65, 66 this week, and partway through 67 this morning. He's got seven to catch up on, and this one. No, three. And this one, four. <laughs> Stop eating that frangipan. Mm. We'll have to add this post as I go through them. Great podcast, as usual. In one of the shows, Eastbourne Piers' owner was mentioned. Not sure if that gets covered later in shows, but I've not heard yet. But back in June, I actually met the owner, as I'm a member of the National Piers Society. He was at the AGM and became a member of the committee. The following day, he hosted a, f- a tour of Eastbourne Pier. He's a very much committed to restoring to a more old-style pier. The theatre building in the back has had a lot of work and has become a casino. On the tour and his talk, question and answering, he said he did not like arcade amusement machines. Boo! (laughs) Had no plans to feature them on the pier, saying that that though he did accept he had to have some kiddie rides as they do help with revenue. It was the arcade that burnt down part of the pier that took over, so he can't really ever see him reinstalling an arcade. He said he only looks forwards and never back. One person asked if he had old stuff sitting about. He said during the renovations of the theatre, they had lots of old stuff and he was skipping it. This is more decorating stuff, I believe. Mm. I did follow up the next day and was going to have a look, as he said at the time. We are welcome to go and look and take stuff. They said they would contact me back, but never did. He's a businessman through and through and a very positive chap. So who knows, he might consider an event there. But I got the impression they're going for a more high end of the market business events, if anything. More to follow as I listen to the rest of the podcasts. I think peers need an arcade. Mm. In the UK and I think in America, when they had sort of uh, pleasure piers, they always had yeah. arcades on them. I always remember going to the, arc- the pier arcades. One in, I think there was one in Skegness, was it, and one in Bridlington, and all sorts of places yeah. up north I used to go to. Mm, Fleetwood, yeah. Mm. So yeah, I think I think an arcade would be good on there. A little arcade. All, all three Blackpool piers. Yeah, definitely. So that yeah. man does not know what he's talking about. Harumph. Harumph. Arch Hakon has been looking forward to having us lodged in his ears. He, he wrote that excellent Eurocade review last time. Very oh, yeah. good. I had to thank him publicly for that. Very nice. Mm. Very nice mm. indeed. Mm. Oh, Eric Banana. Nice pod again, guys. Sean mentioned Thunder Force. I think there was an arcade version of Thunder Force 3 called Thunder Force AC. Yeah. We'll try and play Mappy. Just want to add my thoughts about Chris's game Big Blue, which is amazing. The box looks incredible and really does the game justice. It's so cool to see people committing to the to writing code for these old, crappy machines. 
it's great that there is a bunch of us on UKVAC helping these puppies alive with new content. I forgot yeah. to mention Chris Parsons, the lovely Chris Parsons, CNP, who I have got a copy of his Big Blue game. He sent me the PCB for it the other day because he'd done the box and the inlay in the cart. Yeah. He hadn't actually done the, the actual little PCB. He was waiting for them to be delivered. And he sent it to me. I've been playing it. Well, tried to play it because my Vectrex didn't work very well. But mm. it's, it's great. I love that little scuba man. It's good, isn't it? It's really very, very good. I like it. If you haven't got it already, people who like Vectrexes, go and buy it. It's well mm. worth the, the money. I think he's already sold out of the original 100 PCBs he's had done. Oh, really? Nice yeah. one, Chris. So he's having another lot done, I think. Oh, well done, sir. That's really Excellent. cool. I like that. Another Chris, Chris Plus Plus, Mr. Federico. I wonder, Victor, if you have ever played the Exidy, Exidy, Exidy arcade game called Victory. After all, it's got your name plus a Y. <laughs> it's a Defender-style scrolling game that was briefly re-released as Victor Banana. Victor Banana. <laughs> it sounds like I'm making that up, but I'm not, I tell you. Wow. I did Any- check it out. He sent me a link to it, and it's a really rubbish game. I think I have played it. It is poor as we. And it's it's two way stick, is it or something? I don't know. It's not instead a very of good the game. Re- instead of the reverse on Defender, it's it looks it almost looks like a CVS game. Mm. Awful. I think it's one I'm thinking of. Mm. He's put anyway. That's not why I'm writing. Have either of you cast masters? Ooh, ever played Dam Busters? It's an extremely patriotic coin op developed by an English company called Southwest Research. I have not. No. I encountered it in Mame a few days ago. It's even worth playing at least once. Anyway, it's sort of like a sloppy scramble. Sloppy scramble. It's bad. It's really bad. Mm. It's over the top Union Jacks and all that sort of junk. Oh. It's not very good. Honestly, oh. it's one of those sort of shovelware games. Ooh, not good. I will check it out. I don't think UK was very good at making arcade games, you know. Don't unfortunately. No. We had Century Electronics, didn't we? Who else did we have? Sub-Electro. Yeah, they were more bootleggers than anything else, or, or licensees, I think. They yeah. didn't manage to make many of their own games. I don't think. Did we have, was Arctic UK, or was that? Might have been. I can't remember. Mm. Mm. And he says, thank you for the awesome show. Chris, your man in your New man Mexico. In New Mexico. If we need something in New Mexico, he's the man to go to. Mm. Phil Nez for life. Awesome stuff. Good coverage of the Kent Raid stroke rescue. Just to clarify, the Lord's Vale Play Scene 33 is no way connected with Nintendo or the Play Choice cabs. They sound similar in name and have a similar colour scheme, but that's as far as it goes. It's a sit-down Lord's Vale cab wired for Jammer with a... 33-inch CRT screen in it. Wow, that's mental. Yeah, it's really... It's a a really (laughs) nice cab as well. Mm. If you've got the room for it, if I had the room for it, I'd have one. It's lovely. Mm. Nice-looking thing. Chris Fantasia 2, excellent podcast again. I remember playing Prop Cycle, we mentioned that, in the mid-90s in a nightclub and thought it was great fun. Pedal, pedal. (laughs) Another game that is dumbed down for the American market because we were talking about our featured game, weren't we? Yeah. It was dumbed down is Radiant Silver Gun on the Sega ST-V. I don't know what that is. What is a Sega ST-V? It's a motherboard that takes cartridges rather like a Neo Geo system. Oh! I can't remember the ST-V, Sega Titan, something like that. I can't remember what it's called now. If the game is run on Japanese BIOS and the player can use three fire buttons and using combinations of those three fire buttons can get access to seven different weapons. Does my head in Radiant Silver Gun. I've never been able to play it. But if an American BIOS is huge, you can only use two buttons with three weapons. Sounds better to me. (laughs) And he's put silly Americans. (gasps) I don't think it's the Americans who want the dumbed-down versions of arcade games. 
I think mm. it was idiots in suits who thought this when releasing or importing a game to the US. The Americans usually a very high class of games player. They are actually. So I think they would have preferred playing the game properly. Mm. It's all the people I know, definitely that way. Mr. Tronads, I've been looking forward to Mappy being chosen, giving me an excuse to dust off the PCB, as well as Chris Parsons. He wanted mm. it as well. At an advanced level, it doesn't quite play as well in MAME due to the control method not being the same as the PCB. Ah, more on that later. An issue I did communicate to the MAME team years ago, but they either didn't believe me or felt it not important enough. Mm. Hmm. We'll talk about that later. Rob, play a missile. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the shout-out and encouragement. I Go hope- on, Rob. I hope he's. I hope the hiatus isn't permanent because he's thinking of stopping his player missile podcast. Oh no, no, no! No, don't do that. No, lad. don't do that, lad. <laughs> Just dealing with a lot right now. It does oh. happen. Real life gets in the way. Try and deal and come back to it in your leisure, sir. Mm. Mm. Tagster, thanks for the kind words during the feedback. Feel free to have the R-type shoes. You've crossed out share pics of. Yeah. Are you trying to steal some shoes? Yeah. You're not allowed to do that. Oh. What size are you? Nine. Eleven, please, Tagster. Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks, Tagster. And he wants us to add slap fight to the listeners. List. Ow! We're having one white right now. Love right <laughs> on your watching glove. Yeah, Stuart Time Warp. Ooh, I like this. Has sent us a picture of Prop Cycle in his arcade. Yes, this arcade yes. looks ace. Does, it? We're gonna have in, to go down in Bridgewater. It looks really cool and really nice looking place. He's put some photos on Facebook. Today. Oh, I know that's what I was looking at. Very nice, very nice indeed. He says, If you want to make, I asked him because I my vague recollection of it is it is a leisurely pedaling. But he said, If you want to make the time limit, you need to push it a li- little on hard level, you need to pedal like an athlete. <laughs> God, well, actually, the UK are quite good at cycling now in the Olympics. Mm. Get one of them on there, it'll blow it up. I cycled to work and back. Mm. Only a mile and a half. Bobby Idod, you asked mm. for pictures of cabs in vehicles, and he did. Mm. He sent an electrical MIDI in a VW camper with him in there. Safe to say it fitted in fine. Mm. Could have even played it lying down in there. That would have been quite fun. But Yeah, need to plug it in. Chris Parsons, CMP. We missed this feedback on, oh. his, on mm. Sky Kid. So this is from the last time he's put. Great listen again, guys. For the first time, I played one of the featured games courtesy of Vic bringing his PCB to Smarty Martin's meet. I do. I really grew to like Sky Kid and was getting decent progression, and he has done each go I had, although it was hitting a bit of a wall as the difficulty ramped up at stage five. I've found that. I've ordered a 19-in-one board to play it at home, as original PCBs seem pretty scarce. Yeah, they're not easy things to find, and they've got custom chips on as well, so if they break down, Hmm. there's a good chance you ain't going to get it revived. Hmm. But on the 19-in-1, it's the same game. It's not the Versus Super Skyker, which I thought it was originally. It's the actual same version, so getting a 19-in-1 is a good idea for that. Yeah, excellent. Are you on the frangipans again? <laughs> Maybe. I can you've hear got, you. You've got a bit to read out here, so while you're reading, I'm munching. I'll read it really quick. Mm. Roger Cantor. Enjoyed the last podcast, as always. Well done, Sean, on the one-life completion of Thundercross. Thanks, Roger. You, you need to try Thundercross 2, as it's much better, and the soundtrack is awesome. Mm-hmm was going to post last time about Crazy Balloon. I can't believe you guys didn't like it. When Ollie brought his cab to Revival a couple of years ago, it was the cab that got the most play. There were loads of us at the end trying to outdo each other. A cracking game that got everyone going. And please stop calling Gallagher Galaga. It's Gallagher. We always call it Gallagher. Have you ever called it Galaga? I don't know. I, I'd never call it. I think it's Gallagher. I'm not saying that word again. No. Ever. It's Galaxian 2. 
Anyway, rant over. Keep up the good show. Oh, and then Tin right after has gone, Gallagher! Oh. <laughs> Ian Durnford has put, really enjoyed the podcast this week. Mappy, not so much. More practice needed. Mm-hmm. That's from Twitter, that. Mark Kirkby. Hi. Haven't partaken in the hashtag Tempe score challenge for a couple of weeks because me and took wife have been cuddling lemurs in Madagascar. Oh, well done. But the last two casts of the pod have kept me well entertained, as usual, during the numerous treks into jungle. Just had a bit of feedback for your tech tip section on Podcast 69 about stubborn, rusty nuts. Using WD-40 is okay and better than nothing, but it's not the best nut penetrator around. (laughs) WD-40 stands for Water Displacement 40th Formula, don't you know? I didn't know. I I did not know that. If you really want to get those sticky screws loosened, the best stuff by far is plus gas deep penetration fluid. And it's British too. Hurrah. As someone who's dismantled enough crusty old motorbikes, I can assure you that whatever the weather throws at your nuts, plus gas is sure to get them moving again. Make your own jokes there. <laughs> and back on topic, that bloke who wrote Mappy needs to be punched squarely in face. Yes. Right in face. Thanks, Mark K. I had a mention on the Pie Factory podcast. Mailman Shawnee C reckons my, tight, my tech tips go way over his head. I thought they were pretty easy noob stuff, really. I don't go a bit mad on the technical stuff because I don't know it myself. They have to be easy for me to understand them, let alone talk about them. I know you're pretty clever. No. Yeah, compared to me. Right, Neil 1637, Neil 20 to 5, it's 20 to 5, mm. Neil is here. Sorry for lack of feedback lately, work has eaten up my time, which meant I've been listening in snatched five-minute clips, which is crap, and I have virtually no time mm, to play work. the games. I did like Skykid, though, although the precision, precision required to get the bombing bonus seems a touch unfair at, at best. No. I agree. No. I agree. Mappy is a bit akin <laughs> to the cute but annoying girl in your class back at school. You want to like it, and for a bit you do, but that after a while you remember how annoying it can be and bomb yeah, it off. That's a good. That's a good way of doing I it. I kind yeah. of agree with that as well. Yeah, yeah. I've only had this on my sixty-one for ages, and never got on with it mainly because I didn't understand it. Put a bit of time in, and I started to like it, but got really frustrated with trying to get the best score by completing perfect runs and dying stupid deaths. Which, yeah, I'm going to talk about that later. Being pernickety about the order of collection. That said, I'm not sure if this is right or if it's just me, but how sure are we that the computer Mm. doesn't cheat? By this I mean, when you watch a meow key walk off the edge of a platform, but then you move so it goes off the screen, but in your head you count its movements so that you know it's safe to go back onto a certain ledge because it will have bounced past it, only then to find out that, that it's on that same ledge coming for you. Does that make sense? It does. Anyway, back in the saddle and trying to catch up on the podcast. Love the Scud Race music, which was my first oh. ever cab and one of Sega's most underrated races. Okay. I think I think the reason I was so impressed with them graphics was it was the first game that you could see, that I saw had reflections in the metal of the Ooh, car as you nice, went around nice corners fact. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thought as well mm. for feedback. Right? Can our lovely listeners participate in a sixty-in-one fantasy PCB? Everybody loves the 16-in-1 multi-PCBs, or nearly everyone. But there's always a game or two you think was criminally missed, or could have been subbed for Congo Bongo, maybe? What 20? Let's say 20, more if you like, but 20 is a good going rate. Classical vertical games would you have on a multi-PCB if you could? They need to be from between 1979 and 1985 to be in our classical period. 
They also have to be able to run on a pretty standard two-player raster jammer cab. Send in your fantasy lists. And here are mine. I've a few more than 20. So games I would have on a vertical XX in one PCB are Cosmic Allen, Cosmic Jeff. Whoop. This is Cosmic Alien and yep. Cosmic Gorilla. Space Invaders Part 2, Turtles, mm. Volgus, Exodexes, Pulsar, Eyes, Circus Charlie, Lunar Rescue, Space Launcher, Space Fever, Space Fever High Splitter, Field Goal, Satan's Hollow, Carnival, Magical Spot, Space Firebird, Jump Bug, Mighty Monkey, Cuba, Kangaroo, Nibbler, Rescue, Sinistar, Juno First, Super Glob, Tasmania, Karate Champ, Mouser. You like Mouser, do you? I love Mouser. Oh, I'm not so keen. Uncle Pooh, Star Force, Tower of Draga, Boulder Dash, Motos. I like Motos. It's very good. Terra Crest and Gorf. Mm. So, what say you, Mr. Sean? Well, slightly different. I of course. W- I would make a classic cab with a horizontal mm-hmm. vertical monitor you could move around. Oh, no, no, no. You're not allowed to do that. Oh, well, I've done. I've done it. Go on. It's, in, Go on. it's in my head already. Not a lot in my head. And all there is on this cab is a two-way stick and two buttons, just a two-way stick. And then oh. I could focus on those games. So you could have games like Carnival, yes. Circus Charlie, mm-hmm. and all those static screen shooters. There was hundreds of them, like Cosmic Allen, Space Invaders, Mooncrest. You could have all them. Yeah. Flicky. Oh, yeah, that's a two-way, isn't it? That'd have to be horizontal. Joust, Lunar Rescue, Mappy, Moon Patrol, horizontal, Wonder Boy, horizontal. And if you you put a third button on it, you could kind of play Asteroids and that kind of thing. And Banco Panico! Yeah, absolutely. I I really like the idea of having a a little mini cab with just a two-way stick and these classic games on. Yeah, those two-way sticks as well. And a lot of games, especially my Space Fever, which is behind me, it's a really mechanical two-way joystick. Yeah. And it, it sort of, it's, I can't explain it very well. It's its a really heavy construction with like a pivot point on it for the joystick to move. Yeah. It's not on a spring in, in a rounded spherical washer like a normal joystick. It's actually a lever, basically. Right. And it hits two micro switches, and it's a really strong, positive way of doing things. And that would be quite nice on there, but there are so many games that could be done for a, a 60 and one part two. Mm. So if you're listening, Chinese bootleggers, can you please make us one <laughs> yeah. with all them games on? Yeah. But there's lots of games I think are criminally missed. Mm. But there, there's some good games on a 60 and one. I mean, I play my 60 and one quite a lot because mm. it's got a lot of games I really enjoy, like Ladybug and you know, Galaxian, Galaxian Part Two, and all those kind of things. Gyrus. Yeah, Gyrus. Gyrus and, is great. You know, it's got Galaxian 3 on there, even Gapless, and and just Pac-Man and Space Invaders and Kicker and all those great games that I like playing. Mm-hmm. Tank Battalion as well is another one. Mm-hmm. But there was quite a lot missed. You think, oh, why didn't they put that on there? Why didn't they put that on there? Yeah. Because at the end, they put some silly ones on, like Galaxian Speed Up and Pac-Man Speed Up and Pac-Man with Hearts, and they could have put some better games on, maybe. I wonder if anyone, if it's possible to hack a 60-in-1, you know. I don't think I think people have tried, but I think the EPROMs on it that contain all the ROMs for the games are encrypted, and nobody has been able to get into them. There, there was a thing started on UK back a few years ago where someone tried to do it and they couldn't. So I think uh, it's going to be quite hard work to do that. Oh, uh, that's a shame. But anyway, that's a thing. So if you'd like to write in or send in your twenty-in-one vertical 
PCBs you like to have made. Mm -hmm. That'd be quite cool. We'll list them out. Mm. Nice one. Now it's time for... Shout-outs. I'm going to give a shout-out to Peter Kman Sweden for posting many, many arcade photos of his recent visit to Tokyo. Oh, yeah. Great little insight into the Tokyo arcades in Akihabara and other places. These are dirty tees. <laughs> he evokes lots of memories from when I was there. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. It's nice to see the old games again, some of the, some of the arcades I went to as well. He had a right laugh by the looks of it. Yeah, there's a lot of new stuff. But there's a few oldies there, weren't they, in candy cabs? A few old shooters and that there. Oh, yeah, they do put a lot of old games in the cabs, yeah. Very mm. nice. Big shout out to Phil Murray for visiting again with the Galaxy Multi, plus some other bits. I did send him away with lots of stuff as well, actually. Mm. Mainly broken stuff. Here's a saint. I have a really badly scratched centipede upright perspex to try and make see-through again for him. It's got some massive gouges in it. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're going to come out, but I shall do my best yeah. to do it. That's going to be a challenge, that one. Mm. But I've got a backup plan if, if I can't get the scratches out. I'll actually machine the whole perspex out and fit a new bit of perspex in there. Right. Sounds Clever. serious, and it probably is, but I'll, I'll give it a good go. Mm. It's the Centipede Perspex Challenge. That was good, that. Anyway, That's the noise it makes. I'm giving a shout-out to Dan Smash, who's got married to a girl, I think. A girl? Mrs. Mrs. Smash? Mrs. Smash. Dan Smash yes. and Mrs. Smash, congratulations on many happy years together. Congrats. Yeah. Oh, another one. Martin Smarty Laws for answering some reasonably intelligent questions posed by me over the phone about my centipede. And that will be an upcoming tech tip too. Oof. Due to Martin, my centipede cab did not explode or melt when I turned it on. Nice one. Thank you, Martin. So, shall we do some tech tips? Yeah. Tech tips. Right, this is fizzing monitors mentioned earlier. Do you know, I've, I've done Go a on. very humorous thing. I've put in two fix pour this on monitor and stand well back and it's a picture of some Bucks Fizz. A bottle of Bucks Fizz. You gotta speed it up and then you gotta slow it down I've done some bad jokes but that one's getting... If you want yeah. to come round and pour a bottle of Bucks Fizz on one of my monitors while it's on yeah, I'll video you doing it <laughs> if that's alright yeah, <laughs> and I'll put it on in your memorial yeah Anyway, so please, on. please don't put water or any kind of liquid on the, on an arcade monitor. Not please drink, don't drink, do that. Bucks fish, drink it, yeah. Yeah, drink it with, with some nice cheese. be lovely. I had a small problem with the Wells Gardner monitor that was in the small Lordsvale type cab I got from the Kent Clearance. Many thanks again to Phil Neds for Life for a great day. The monitor was fizzing. This is a noise and also an odour that comes from the anode cap hole in the tube in the back of the monitor. This is actually under the rubber anode cap, which contains all the deadly high voltages. In the dark, you can actually see arcing from under the cap. Actual lightning! Yikes! Eek! Eek! Anyway, this is caused by scratches in the protective paint on the tube near the anode cap hole in the tube. Caused by a loose rubber cap and the electric arcing out. Also, when you discharge a tube, you can scratch the glass surface when prodding the tip of the HV probe under the rubber cap. Also, a worn or degraded anode cap can also cause a leak. The anode cap on this chassis had a tiny hole in it and was frayed a bit around the edges. So, mm -hmm. tech tip number one. This is the Gorilla Stroke Crazy Hack. 
Not sure I read this, but I'm sure I didn't dream it. General bathroom stroke kitchen silicon sealant slapped all around the anode hole and on the tube and also sealing around the anode cap when fitted to the tube. A knowledgeable friend of mine, Mr. DZ, told me I was insane for doing this, but it really cut the frizzing down to a minimum and seemed to work. So I asked on the UK back forum to find out what the experts thought of my crazy fix. Guess what? A bunch of people also had success using this quick and dirty method. But Mr. Ben Purity and also monitor guru Grant Gunblade told me how to fix the problem properly. Now, this is tactic fix number two, which I actually did. Mm. And it's not quite exact way to fix it, but it removed the arcing completely, and it works fine now. Ben Purity pointed me in the direction of some red air-drying varnish, which is electric motor coil insulating varnish. Now, in layman's terms, for Shawnee C., this is a stinky paint which you paint <laughs> on to cover the scratches on the tube which cause the arcing. It actually replaces the insulation on the tube. I also swapped this chassis with an exact same one but with a better conditioned rubber anode cap. The only problem with the first rough fix is if you actually have to get the cap off again, a silicon sealant sticks like poop to a fluffy blanket. <laughs> it's very difficult to get off. Mm. And I actually need to find a knackered lopped to replace the cap because the cap is in pretty bad condition now and you can't buy the caps on their own right so the monitor's still okay but the cap isn't in very good uh, condition but the proper proper fix which mr grant monitor expert gunblade that is his full name told me about later after i'd ordered the red varnish on my ad is to use something called super corona dope now this is um a kind of stuff that that actually is, is the proper stuff to replace it but i was also told that Servisol silicon grease can do wonders too, and it's easy to remove if you need to. Is Super Corona Dope a hip-hop star? It does sound like it, doesn't it? Mm. Super Corona Dope! Yeah! Mother Hubbard. In the end, though, the tube is now as quiet as a high-voltage mouse, displaying my 19-in-1 PCB. I still need to sort out the fact that the picture is way too long across the horizontal to fit on the screen. I need to replace an odd-valued cap to do this, which we talked about in the very opening. This is a common fault with Wells Gardner K7000 monitors, and both of mine had exactly the same fault. More on that soon. I am cheating a little bit by using a 19-in-1 PCB because, as the display on the games on that board are notoriously bordered and seem to fit on the monitor just fine and dandy. Right. So, yeah, sorted that one. No fizzing at all now at the monitor, which is nice, because large voltages making a noise that you can hear worry me slightly. Mm. So I had to sort that one, and now I have. Right, can I before we go on to the musical interlude, can I just say something? Have you got questions for me? Yeah, I have. I've go just on. finished well you read that, I've just finished my frangy pain. And, Are you waiting for some more pain of frangy? And I immediately want another one. Am I have I got a problem? You have. I have. Put the frangy pan down and step away from the cupboard. Mm, I will do. You need to go on the frangy pan diet. Mm. Oh, that'd be good. Right, this musical interlude is a diet from Frangipans, you fool. Not just Frangipans. <laughs> that sounds rubbish. Anyway, <laughs> this musical interlude is... A couple, <laughs> sorry. A couple of minutes of Rastan Saga. Great tune. It is.
Very nice. Well, hope you liked a bit of uh, Rastan Saga. A saga of Rastans. Mm, do you know it's just called Rastan in the West? It is. And Japan- I've always called it Rastan Saga, so I remember it coming out on the, p- the computers at the time. And I'm sure it was called Rastan Saga then. Mm, the Japanese call- In the arcades, the Japanese called it Rastan Saga, which I prefer. Mm. Okay. Featured game review. Okay. And the game is? Mappy. Namco, 1983. Exported to the rest of us by... Bally Midway, just Namco in Japan, I think. Or was there any Namco cabs, or was it just Bally Midway cabs? I've never seen a Namco cab. I've only seen the Bally one, the very distinctive cabinet. It's a two-way stick, left and right, and one button. Not left and right buttons, as Mr. Tronad said about. His His explanation of needing to hold two buttons down and release one to very quickly change direction is actual sound advice, but not on the original cabinet. The original cabinet had a joystick. Mm. More on that later. It runs on Super Batman hardware, which is an M6809, at 288 by 224 resolution. And it sounds just like this. Great tunes. So tell me about the gameplay, young man. It is a two-screen-wide, horizontally-scrolling platformer set in a six-floor mansion. You play Mappy, one of the micro-police, who has to retrieve all of the stolen goods laying about the mansion from an evil gang of thieving cats. Thieving cats? Called Mewkies or Meowkies. I think the Japanese call them Meowkies, and then it got changed to Mewkies for us. I think. Or the other way around. In the mansion, there are trampolines on which you can bounce and two types of door that you can open and close. Sounds like a Walk- fun mansion. Yeah, I don't mind that. Hmm. Walking over or landing on a trampoline will bounce you to the top of the screen unless you push left and right as you approach a floor to get off the invisible elevator kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You can. Yeah, it's a very weird gravity thing going on with Mappy. As you get close to the uh, platform, if you push left or right, you will just get off at that platform, if you know what I mean. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh. you can only bounce on a trampoline three times in a row before it breaks and you fall through. Ah. If, if there is no trampoline below that one, you will land on the ground or fall through the floor and die. Break your mousy feet. Oof! Ow. The trampoline, <laughs> trampoline resets to full strength when you stop bouncing on it, as seen by its changing colour. Mm-hmm. You cannot be killed whilst in the air, apart from a big green coin that appears if you take too long on the level, and that will kill you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Opening the brown doors doesn't really seem to have much of a purpose at first as you just pass through them, but they can be used in a number of strategic ways to stun cats and move faster. More of that in the play tips. Mm. That is instrumental to getting a big score, that. Yes. Opening the coloured doors emits a microwave that travels across the screen and scoops up all the foes in its path. This is one of the best ways to score big in this game. Another way is to collect scolan. Scolan. Scolan goods. Scolan goods. They're like stolen goods, but not so stole. <laughs> in, uh, they're in pairs. Cassette players, TVs, computers, paintings and safes. Very 
Very 80s items, I thought. Yeah. Which I like. You collect them in in that order, I've just said, mm-hmm. to end up with about 8,000 points, I think. Oh, so lot. you've got to get a cassette player first, then the TVs, then the computers, then the paintings, then the safes. Yeah. Ah. And if you if you do it right, the save. I did not know that. The save gives you five hundred times six points, which is three thousand points. Ooh. But if you just collect the safe first, you get five hundred times one points. Oh, okay. That's good, isn't it? The third, yeah. Third way to score big on this game is with bonus levels, which appear at round three and every fourth round thereafter. On the bonus round, it's just trampolines, no floors. You have to pop as many balloons as you can before the music stops. There are more points to be had by reaching the cat balloon and popping that at the end. If you are taking too long to finish a level, you get a hurry up message and the enemies speed up. Then a coin with a cat's head on it chases you around and kills you on contact. That's a weird Mr. Hurry Up, isn't it? Mm. On Bubble Bubble, you get the Mr. Von Blubber, who's a terrifying thing. Mm. Coin? What's that about? Don't know. Hmm, rubbish. On Green Beret, you get a hate beak, don't you? No. Where you get a bomb. A big bomb comes after you. Well, which game's got hate beak? One of them's got a birdie thing. I don't know. I thought it was a scroller. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Right, play tips. These are from Tronads. Who's I... quite good at it. He's fantastic at it. Mm. Some mappy tips. Go on. In 12 easy bite-sized chunks, just like that frangipane. Particularly on the early rounds, he said, try and leave the microwave doors until the hurry-up sign when more cats come out and therefore gives the opportunity for bigger scores. Uh-huh. Makes it's sense. So, so good at getting them. Try to get the big cat Baz, he called it Baz, in any microwave you open. Stop right there. Mm. Is this cat called Barry? And he's from Hales Owen. And he's called Baz, just in Tronad's head. Because apparently he went to school with a guy called Baz. Who he looked like a cat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Continue. I'm calling him Baz from now on, though. Try, try and pick up the items in correct order to get the correct multiplier, as we've said. Right, this is important if you're being chased. Learn the art of flicking yourself through a door to knock over oncoming cats. The ah. best best way is when you're running towards a door where the handle is on your side of the door. Yeah. With the door open, press the button when you are right at the start of the door and it will close and propel you forwards, knocking over anything coming towards you. And it stuns them for a few seconds as well, doesn't it? Yeah, so if you're hemmed in and there's a door in the platform, you can usually, well, sometimes, get out of it. Mm. Mm. If a door is facing the opposite way to you, handle on the far side, the door is better used for flicking you backwards if something is in pursuit and close to you. I couldn't do this. Flicking you backwards. Oh, yeah, I did, I did do a couple of times. Press the button to close the door just before you reach it, and it will knock you backwards. Okay. Number six, using step four, which is flicking yourself through the door. The door is, if the door is very close to an item, you can get some free points by flicking yourself through a door when Baz is hidden behind the item. He sticks up a board saying 1,000 as if you have picked up the item with him hiding behind it, but the item isn't isn't picked up you've gone through it therefore giving you 1000 points for nothing and the item can later be picked up again if baz is behind it ah so that was a bug then that one kind of isn't it it? good bug though yeah cool when you open a microwave follow it across the screen as far as you can giving you the opportunity to capture cats it's quite slow moving so you can chase it yeah and it will scoop up everything scroll at another screen yeah but if it goes off the screen it stops Mm -hmm. so you try and keep it on the screen by running after it yeah it's only two screens wide, actually, Mappy. It seems bigger. Yeah. 
Yeah. If there are trampolines above other trampolines, I personally like to keep bouncing on them to make them break and be out of the way. I saw him do this. Yeah. It just makes it the level easier to navigate. On bonus stage three, I never got to bonus stage three. <laughs> leave the very last balloon and let Baz pop it. I saw him do this. On bonus stage four, leave the penultimate balloon and let Baz pop it. Because you run out of time, you can't get them all. So how does Baz pop it then? Just because you run out of time? No, he... I think on bonus stage three, he's normally at the bottom left of the bonus level, isn't he? Yeah. And as you get near him, he jumps to the right and goes up. Oh, I see. And so he, he bursts get, it. He bursts the balloon, giving you a perfect score. Oh, okay. Fair Otherwise, enough. you haven't got time to do it. Ah, I see. Right, so okay. That's just, I think it's just trial and error how you learn them things. Yeah. If you are bouncing and a cat is bouncing right with you, there is a chance it will follow you off the platform and kill you when you both land. It is less likely to do so when moving left than right. Ah, so always go left if there's a cat with yeah. you. Okay. And most of the time it doesn't follow you, most of the time. Early rounds should be used for scavenging as many points as possible. After round 16, you are. Yeah, right. It changes to picking up everything as quickly as possible and the order becomes less important. It should be easy to get more than 20,000 on the first screen. Yeah. No, no, it's not. No, it's I think I got 16 the highest I ever got. It will abort and restart. Oh, he said I will abort and restart if I don't make that score. Oh, that's serious playing, isn't it? Mm. Right, some of my tips here. Go on. Number 13. Did you know you can go up to the loft of the mansion and run around? Yeah. Number 14. If you find some cheese, you turn into a mythical fridge and can store yoghurt and uncooked meats in your belly. That's great, uh, and 15, if you shout piss flaps <laughs> loudly enough at the screen, the enemy cats all look away and say, well, really, language. <laughs> this is true. Sort of. Not at all. Yeah. Here's a video of Tronads getting nearly 25,000 on the first screen. We'll put a link in the no-shows. I watched that, and in my opinion, that took far too long, and I wouldn't have the patience. No. It seems to be you've got to do certain things in certain orders, and hang around and wait around and just scab on points. And it's not the kind of game for me like that. I don't like doing that. I get a bit mm. bored. And I, I haven't got the skill, to be honest with you. And all the patience. So, no, not for me. No. But he's well, very I... good at it. Very good at it. Oh, God, yeah. I sometimes lose track of mapping me and all the chaos. When, when you've been kicked back from doors and there's people flying all over the place, I, f- I lose mappy. Yeah, <laughs> it's very easy to do that. Yeah. And then just walk into a cat and die. And I bounce off doors wrong. and mm. did, Oh, actually, there are bells you can drop on cats from round eight, which I did actually get to round you, eight and see. What, what, I've never seen this. How do you pick Do you pick a bell up or do you just walk over and it falls down or what? It's in either end of the roof of the mansion, right? You bounce up, hit it, and the bell just drops like Mr. Oh, so there's cats following you that will hit the cats? Yeah. Oh, okay. Have a and bell gonna... on the head, you stupid cat. Uh, a, lot of this, a lot of this game, I think, is about... From what I saw Tron had to do is leading the cats around, getting them in a group, and he did this by knocking them over but with a door till they're all sort of knocked over in front, and then they start chasing you. Yeah, that's very similar to Burger Time. You know where all the cats are on the screen, so you can lead them around, get them in the microwaves, collect everything, get get through doors quicker. It's just about knowing where everything is because the amount of times I've been killed in the middle of a platform and can't do anything. Yeah. Hundreds. Mm. There's also trap doors you can use on later levels where they fall through, but you also fall through too. So, okay, yeah. mm. so graphics and sound on this game are high quality. Very mm. 80s looking, mid-80s looking, very nice. Very similar to the Sky Kid. 
graphics, mm. aren't they? Yeah, Do you think great. it's done by the same team? I reckon. The sound same, is, same yeah. company, isn't it? Mm. I've put great, colourful graphics. Tune is pleasantly irritating. I like the sound of the sort of um, synthy sort of sounds. I quite like that yeah. in an eighties, mid eighties game. It's good. I was humming it at work. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, I would. So let's do some scores then, Mr. George Dawes, whatever your name is. Yeah. So at the bottom we have Mini Missile number two, 1,430. Right. That might not seem a very big score, but Mini Missile is a small child. Yeah, Rob, Rob, Rob playing Missile's son. It's his son. I'm not sure how old he is, but well done. Anyway, that's a good score for a little person to play. He says, Rob says, he mostly got the score by going left. Yes, a lot. <laughs> and, and at one point he got some cats caught in the microwave ray, and that's what he got his 1,000 score. Hey, nice one. I think he said he also got bored of it and preferred to play Dig Dug instead, and now it's his new favourite game. Yeah, that's Well awesome. done, Mini Missile. Well done. So I've got Aimnez next, 7200, 7, which is Phil Nez for Life's little girl. Yeah. Uh, how old is she? Seven, eight? So she's done really well there as well. Mm-hmm. Now we get on to the adults now. Stacey mm-hmm. King, 12,810. Just had a quick go. Oh, here we go. Another another small person. Junior Parsons. He's got a quite a good score, 13,980. That mm-hmm. lad can play. Yeah. Andrew Driver, 14,640. Mini Missile, number one. Oh, so they've got another score. He must have That's another kid. He, he has. 16,340. So Mini Missile number one wins the children's scores. It does. Well done, kids. That's excellent. Thanks for playing. Uh, Button Mashing Fun, 29,670. You missed Paul McCaskey. I missed Paul McCaskey, sorry. 29,310. Yeah. Rob Player Missile. Mr. Player Missile, 30,790. You have myself, 31,140. I shall explain my score later. Mm. Chris Fantasia 2, 32,620. Charlie Farr, 41,000 odd. Phil Nez for Life, 43,000 odd. Gary Ferguson, 44,000 odd. Mark K, 46,000 odd. Matthew Bridge, there's loads of them. 48,000 mm. odd, nearly 49,000. Michael Liz, 49,400. VIP, 50,920. Well done, VIP. Good score. Darren Domination, 55,100. He's done well as well. Mr. Holly, 56,180. Ian Cullen, 59,950. Neil, 20 to 5, 63,310. Tagster, 65,380. Uh, Chris Parsons, 73,600. Mark Happy Dude, 79,480. Nobody, apart from one person, got over 100k. And they've wiped the floor with all of us with his big arcade mop. Mr. Cronads, 417,210. Put your mop away, Dave. He's, he's told me he can get 600,000, and I, I'm sure he can. Oh, my Lord, can. yeah. Wow. He's wiped the floor with everyone. Over four, nearly five times more than everyone else. Well done, Mr. Tronads. Let's, let's give him a... Well that. done, sir. Well done, sir. There's a point where it gets hard, and I think that's where most of the scores seem to bunch up from 40-odd thousand to 60-odd, yeah. is, I would say, in between round five and eight, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're not very good at getting the points like I wasn't. Me neither. It, yeah, the diffi- I never did level eight. The difficulty just got so hard for me. I never got to level eight. I got to about I'd... level five, I think. Oh! Not good. Anyway, let's talk about some nice parts of this game. The cabinet art. We flipping love this game, don't we? It's great art. Not so much on the game. The cabinet, I definitely love. And we've got to talk about this big-ass topper. Like mm. The cab looks like a MIDI cab. It's quite small. Got a very laid-back screen in it. Vertical screen, as you know. 
It's a white cabinet. It's got some really lovely, colourful artwork on the side of the micro police and the meow keys on the side three quarters of the cab, going up the side of the cab. It's got a really nice control panel with your joystick in the middle and a button either side for ambidextrous play. One and two player start buttons on the right. Nice marquee around it with the cats around it and stuff around the screen and it's even got some artwork on the front where the uh, coin door is you've got a little micro police mappy sticking his head out of one side you've got uh, the big boss cat baz whatever his name is poking <laughs> out the right hand side so they're looking out of the coin door sort of thing it's really nice but the piece de resistance of this game is the marquee on it it's about two feet tall mm. it's massive it's huge it's got a really, really nice picture of Mappy and all the different cats in the house, all the colourful font, which I really like as well. Absolutely huge. We've got a picture of this on the show notes. Go and have a look at it, kids. It is a lovely-looking machine. And I think Mr Muddy Music Ollie's still got one of these. And he may have the only one in the country, actually, in the UK. Really? I think so. I've never seen one anywhere else, ever. It looks so, great, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a really nice-looking cab. Really nice-looking mm. thing for a collection. And we have some trivia on this game as well. And this is from Mr. Tronads. He's saying on MAME or PCB control differences, on the PCB, if you hold down left and right at the same time, obviously you've got buttons to do this, you can't do it with a joystick, right is ignored as left overrides. On MAME, if both buttons are held down at the same time, they cancel each other out and Mappy does not move. This may sound trivial, but at an advanced level, the ability to turn rapidly and close a door is critical. And a transition between just letting go of one directional button when both are already pressed compared to switching between buttons can be critical. So, did Mr. Tronads play this with, with buttons then? No, he didn't. So why is he going on about buttons? Because I was just about to give him some grief for cheating. Mm, well, the-, the original cabinet would have been joystick, and on Twin Galaxies or Orcade, you wouldn't be allowed to use buttons. You'd have to use the joystick as depicted on a real cab. Well, last Sunday he played it on the arcade SD board because I don't think he'd dug out his PCB yet. Okay. Well, that's a very close rendition of it. Actually. Yeah, so very it's close. perfect, isn't it, really? Yeah. yeah. So what's he on about the buttons for? Have you played on buttons before? Yeah, it must be. Because Packland, you can get a joystick version of Packland, but the actual original cabinet of Packland is buttons. So you're supposed to tap the buttons to make him run faster. And on the joystick, you have to keep tapping the joystick left or right. To make mm. him run, so it's a better with buttons. But this game, when I when he said about that, I thought, "Oh, is it a button game?" And I looked at the, the cabinet, and it is indeed a joystick. So what's mm-hmm. he on about there? You have to find out. He might have played it on keyboard. I can't remember what he Maybe. said. Maybe, yeah, but it sounds it sounds like a thing that would help you if you're on keyboard. You could do that. Yeah. And you've found some mappy animated shorts here on YouTube. Yeah, there was a series, I think, of 11 or 12 little mini cartoons, and they're quite funny, actually, and oh, they've nice. got Map- Mappy and other Namco characters, and it is, I brilliant. think they're from about 2011. They're not, not old things. Oh, okay. Must have been for one of the, uh, maybe it's one of the anniversary edition games they did or something. Yeah, could have, and there's, there's like the Dig Dug character in and Mappy and a few others, and they, they're quite humorous, really, so check one of them out. Yes, yeah, so we put it on the show notes. And Mr. Vic Sage of the Diary of an Arcade Employee podcast did a mappy one a little while ago. And I listened to this, and he, did, he does a really good job. Loads of trivia here. So yes. if you look at that, we'll put the show notes, link in the show notes for it as well. To be honest, it's a lot better than our description. Don't tell him that. No. Shh. But anyone, go, everyone, go and listen to it. It's really good. And I've got a feeling that No Quarter did it years ago as well. Maybe. Ooh, 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 ooh. Forgot to say in the, in the news... No quarter are back. Yes. Hopefully, more frequent, guys. Would be nice. Thank you very much. I've listened to that. It's a 
Laserdisc game that I didn't know existed. Oh, they've also done another one since. What? They've done... They did Pole Position. Oh, I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah, it's good. Nice. So they're back. Anyway, back to the game. Uh, there's some ports and sequels and a legacy. What are they? Ports. Ports of lot, everything, wasn't it? Lots of them. Famicom, Game Gear, lots of Namco museum-style compilations on many platforms, mm-hmm. including Game Boy, original Xbox, GameCube, PC, PS2, DS, PSP, and Palm OS even. It's on the Palm OS? Yeah. How weird. Yeah, a mappy arrangement which was released in 1995 as part of the Namco Classic Volume 1 collection in the arcades. Have you played this? I've played it, and I've got I've actually got the PCB of Namco Classic Collection Volume 2. I'd like to get number one, just to be completist. So the, it's got versions of Xevious on there as well, and yeah. Gallagher, I think. Galaxian Part 2. Galaxian Part 2, yes, that mm. one. But they've got arrangement versions where they've updated the graphics and sound a little bit, made the game slightly different. You can actually, on my one, you can play two-player Pac-Man together. I think you can play two-player Dig Dug as well. It's very different. Well, I think, yeah, I, I put it on, and it's split-screen. The mappy arrangement was a split screen, and oh, he was really? playing in a, a small bit at the bottom. The top was there. Must be a way to change that, I would imagine. But oh, I don't know. I've not seen that. Sounds interesting. Might be my main setup. I'll have a look. Yeah. Mm. Sequels. There was Hopping Mappy, an arcade release in 1986, and I've had a quick go, and I, I, it may suffer from the Namco sequel thing. Yeah, he's on a pogo stick, isn't he? Yeah. Because it Dig kind Dug of reminds me of Dig Dug 2, and I hate that game. Dig Dug 2, no good. Hopping no, Mappy. No. It it looks okay. You just you you you're on like a in a field hopping around, and you've got to collect the cats this time, or no, collect oh. the other animals and dodge the cats. Oh no! Don't mm. like the sound of that. Don't like it. No. Mappy Land, 1986 Famicom game. Mappy oh. Kids, 1989 Famicom game. Oh. A Mappy Park 2002 Pachinko game. Oh, yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised. And three or four mobile games have been released also for Android and iOS. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mappy is quite a cute character, though. I'm not surprised they used him in other stuff. Yeah, and the chi- the children that played, out, played it with us, they, they must have enjoyed it. Yeah. Must, must have a, an appeal. Cool. So what were your thoughts on it overall? I have put here in big red writing another great piece of game design from Namco using minimal controls. Mm-hmm. Easy to easy to play, but frustrating if you don't take a lot of time, and I mean a lot of time, I reckon, to learn how it works. I think you've got to play this for months before you can get good at it, you know? Mm, I couldn't do that. Mm, but many swears were expressed from beneath my chin glove. Yes. <laughs> so improvements I've put a number of items collected counter mm. maybe out of 10 you've collected and because I, ca- I can't remember which one I've collected oh I see what I'm up to <laughs> and I'm thinking have I just got the safe and I can't have a safe that's the last one you know yeah because w- what they could do is have a little indicator of what you got last so say you got the painting last you know to get another painting because mm. the, the, the items do flash don't they the next one you should be collecting flashes yeah but sometimes if you're off the screen you don't know what you're looking for and you no. have to come back to the screen. Yeah, yeah, that'd be quite good. I suppose if you had a bit of a short-term memory, it will would help. I don't. Short-term what? Yeah. Who? <laughs> yeah. And how about shutting the door when you're not facing it? Because the amount of times I die trying to turn around really quickly and shut the door. Yeah, it'd be good if the doors had because you can only usually open the door if it's got a handle on one side. Mm. Good if you've got a handle on both sides, so you can pull it shut and you know what I mean. Mm. 
but you can you can move the door either side hmm. open and shut it either side oh, okay right. but if you're facing away from it running away you have to turn around and face the door to interact with it yeah my personal thoughts go on i just couldn't gel with it mm. i really couldn't i call this beard nerd infection i got <laughs> off you i love the look of the game the cute animations the characters the music the crazy mechanics but i just could not be asked to get to know the game properly I would get super annoyed when getting cornered to the point where I wasn't enjoying playing it at all. I'm not surprised this game did really well in Japan, but poorly in America and the rest of the world. I can imagine the Japanese getting right into the complicated mechanics of the game and also the crazy cultural references. Whereas the Americans, and the rest of the world, to be honest, would play and go, nah, and walk off to find a more put-a-coin-in-and-play-for-a-bit-longer type of game. Mm. You know what I mean? And also, just remembered, and you mentioned No Quarter a second ago, apparently Namco put out pole position and mappy and atari took pole position as you well know and made millions out of it yeah and Bally midway took mappy and made about 28 quid out of it because <laughs> it wasn't a very popular game even no. though it's quite cutesy and obviously if you get into it you'll quite enjoy it but i just couldn't i just i like everything about it but don't enjoy playing the game very much i can only play it for a few minutes I get a pretty low score, and I'm happy with that, and I just don't want to play it. It's one of those games I'm just not into, even though it does look great. The best arcade games, I think, are easy to learn, hard to master, and this is epitomizes that. Yeah. It's so easy to get into, and I enjoyed it most when I wasn't bother, bothered what I was collecting. I was just racing around a level, collecting things, just yeah. dodging stuff, and that's when I enjoyed it most. Yeah, but, but you don't get you... to a high score doing that, do you? I know. You can get to like level six with like 30,000 points. Terrible scores. That's what I was doing. And, yeah, I just think if you put a lot of time into it, it eventually click with you, and you'd get really good at it. But I don't think I can, I can put that effort in. I don't like it at that much but i do think it is a good game mm. yeah we'll leave it at that yeah couldn't get on with it <laughs> cabs you never knew existed where'd you get this one from this is from a guy called arcade facts on twitter who turns out to be masked dev on oh, uk i know Mac. him met him at the kent raid hello yeah. hello i didn't know that i got chatting to him found out who he was cool this game is very weird and very good. Mm. Well, it's not actually an arcade game. It's a pinball in an arcade cab called Varkon from Williams. V-A-R-K-O-N. I bet you that cab is very, very collectible. Yeah. I think I've read somewhere that there, there is only 90 ever made. Oh, that is very collectible then. I'm looking and at it now. When we put the picture on the show notes so everyone else can see it, it's a light blue cab with some stenciled art on the side, which looks really cool. And I like the font as well. It's got two joysticks and four buttons. I've never seen one in real life, but it looks great. And as you look through the bezel, there's a flipping pinball machine behind it, upright. Yeah, it's a 25-inch screen, so the pinball is limited to a 25-inch play area, which is a lot smaller than your standard pinball. So is it on an actual video screen? No, it's a, it's a physical pinball table that's mirrored up into your view area. Oh, I see. So there's not even a monitor in there. No. And there's, there's, there's a, another pinball table. It's, it's a two-depth table. So there's a mini... You hit one of the ramps, and there's a mini set of flippers deeper into the table. What a weird game. That's and the, quite and the two idea. The two sticks, Yeah. you push up to do left and right flipper. Oh, there's I'd a video. Like, yeah. I'd like to. I must have a look at that. I'd like to have a go on that, but I don't think I'll ever see one. I've never seen one before. 
But it's that sort of Williams artwork to it, which I really like. I bet you Python Angelo designed that. Well, it reminds me of a bit of the Williams license of Moon Patrol. Oh, yeah, that's a light the, blue, isn't it? The stenciled side and the, the really nice control panel on that. It, it looks brilliant. Looks really nice. I'll look out for it whenever I go on my travels to America again. Mm. I wonder if... I don't think they would. I wonder if the Galloping Ghost have got one. But being pinball, they don't really go for pinballs. No. Mm, interesting. Fantastic looking machine. It's very nice. Mm. Bit of a get... curio. You're a bit of a curio. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to... Hardware Heroes. This is the Motorola 68000 CPU, otherwise known as 68K. This CPU was originally released in 1979 and was the first successful 32-bit central processing unit. The 68K architecture is still in use today. In toasters, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> was sort of a follow-up to the other popular CPU, the 6800. There were many speed variations of the 68K. It came in 2, 4, 8, 10, 12, and 16.67 MHz versions. They also used this CPU in po- popular computers at the time, such as Sun Workstations, Atari ST, Amiga, Apple Lisa, and the Macintosh. Surely one of Mr. Holly's favourite processors due to how many classic games Cave released using mm. it. So Cave used it on some others as well, but these are the good ones. Air Gallop, Dangan Feverone, or Fever SOS, Dodonpachi, Donopachi Campaign Version, Dodonpachi, Esbraid, Gaia Crusaders, Goanga, Hot Dog Storm, and Power Instinct 2 and Upoko. All mm. had 68K processors on. Namco, not many decent games on Namco. They used an NA1 and 2 hardware. Tinkle Pit, just for the Pie Factory guys. Mm. Cosmo Gang the Puzzle. Many others as well, but they're the sort of ones I know of. Taito, Rainbow Islands, Rastan, Volfide. Atari used it in Blasteroids, Food Fight, Klax, Rampart, Tubin, and Escape from the Planet of the Robot Monsters uses two of them. Oof! Capcom used on the original Street Fighter, Barnet Commando, and Tiger Road. Sega used in quite a few games, but the normal versions were Alien Syndrome and Quartet. Outrun, Space Harrier, Thunderblade, etc., all them 3D games, had a bunch of the Sega hardware using twin 68,000 CPUs. Mm. And actually, actually used one in a colour vector game called Top Gunner. Right. Which would have been good in a vector game. I think all that power for vectors, that'd be quite cool. Mm. Yeah, and I've, I've seen it in a lot of PCBs actually using a 68K. It's quite a long chip as well. I wouldn't ever try to desolder one of those suckers. That wouldn't be fun. Bro, piece of kit. Nice. Mm. Let's end this, young man, and get on to the next show's game. And fortunately, it's one of your choices. Next show's game. Oh, yes. And it's one I'm probably not going to do very well at. And I may enjoy it. I've played it before. Tell us about it. This game is called Battle Back Raid. Battle Bank Raid? It's Bank Panic again. Yay! It's it's a sequel to Battle Garage. Oh, okay. And and a better game, I think, from 18 Rising, 1999. So it's one of the most modern ones we've done. It's far too modern. It's still 17 years old, but there you go. I'm picking this game because it contains everything I like and dislike about the bullet hell genre in one package. I dislike all those things in that package. (laughs) And I'll try to cover all the bullet hell tropes in it. Mm. I'm going to really dissect it and go through what makes a a bullet hell because it it is just left, right, up, down, fire. But there's so much more to bullet hell. And what are the settings for the the game if people are playing on, on original boards or on main? Right, the settings are, you pick the normal course, you get the choice of courses. Oh, okay. Three lives, 
a bonus life every two million. Yes, two million. You can, <laughs> you can get there. No. And have I said difficulty normal? No. Difficulty normal. Okay. And that is it, kids. There's a lot to it. Get in it. Get into it. I mean, battle back raid. Battle looks yeah. more like. <laughs> and on that note, go and say hello to Mr. Holly at Play Expo next week. And yeah, see you next week if you're there. See you later. Thanks for listening. Thanks, kids. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 